0: You cannot, you little brat boy, you know, is is this perfect trophy son that never can do anything wrong. Just freaking pushed my kid down. My baby boy who wants to be friends with everybody, wants everybody just to like him, just wants to make everybody happy, just got pushed. You're listening to the
1: Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step-family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims.
2: Welcome to episode 176 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Welcome one. Welcome all. So David and I went to a cornfield maze, but we did not get pictures because it was at night.
1: <laughs> yeah, plus you have seen the frustration on your face. I don't know if it was because I was tired. It was at night. Which you wanted to go at night, by the way. I know. I
2: thought I would be more excited.
1: Yeah. I think (laughs) you were annoyed at the people that were there.
2: Yeah. So we start going through this maze, and it's dark, and I don't know. Within 30 minutes, I had this feeling of bad idea. (laughs) Why is that? I don't know. I, I guess... We did a lot of running around Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and so I think I was just really tired because I wasn't excited once I got there as I thought I would be. But we did it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we're probably going back. Maybe not to the same one, but uh, maybe you'll be more excited next time.
2: Yeah, but we still had
1: fun. Oh yeah, I thought it was fun. Yeah, I was kind of shocked when you were um, eager to take a shortcut. Yes. <laughs> and I don't mean and I don't mean cutting through the maze. <laughs> we didn't do that. Um, but you had to like they didn't give you a map of the maze, sort of. They kind of gave you an unfinished map. And yeah, they you gave you to, one piece of the puzzle. Yeah, so you had to find all the other pieces. But we found I don't know, we found probably half half of them. More than that. And then Lori's like, "Well, we've got enough now that I can figure out the rest of them."
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, there were eleven pieces, and we had we found they gave us one, so we found
1: seven. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, because uh, it's interesting, we actually found our way out of the maze. But the way they had it sh- set up is you had to solve like a uh, like a whodunit thing. So even though you found the exit, you couldn't leave <laughs> because you hadn't found all the clues. Right. So we had to go backtrack. Yeah. So we had to g- go backtrack and then find the exit again.
2: <laughs> and then we only found like two clues. Yeah. I didn't understand that part.
1: As yeah. much, but
2: but the hayride was fun. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a hayride because there was no hay, but <laughs> it was fun going through the woods at night. Yeah, that is the interesting part.
1: There's no hay on the hayride.
2: Yeah. I really think they should make it a haunted hayride, though. Yeah. Or a haunted, no hay hayride.
1: <laughs> a haunted hayless ride.
2: Yes. But it was fun. It was fun. But we'll go back and we're hopefully going to take Kay and Avery and baby G with us. Yeah, and maybe Jackson and Sassy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I think too. Like I think, like you said, it was the kids screaming, and it was like a
1: teenage free for all. I didn't even understand the screaming because there was nothing there scary, but uh. yet it was constant high pitched squealing from teenage girls.
2: Yeah. And a lot of inappropriate language from little teenage girls, too. Yeah. And it was funny because I said, good Lord, where is her mama? And David said, she's probably talking to her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, used to, there was a time where it was always the guys that had the potty mouth and the bad attitudes and all that. And the girls were just sweet and innocent for the most part. And it's just not that anymore. (laughs) It was rough. It's like the the guys are the ones you don't have to worry about as much, yeah well, maybe
2: <laughs> we don't well, we just didn't hear any guys, that was it,
1: yeah, no, the guys were too busy like not rocking the boat
2: <laughs> yes, so let's see what else did we do this weekend. We went yard sailing, of course, that was fun.
1: went to a uh fall festival,
2: mm-hmm. We chased a drunk driver down the road for 45 minutes. Oh,
1: yeah, we did.
2: Trying to get the police to come. And, y'all, it was horrific riding behind this guy because he would go from one side of the road to the other with cars coming.
1: Yeah, it was bad. Like, the fact that there was not an accident was simply a miracle because— he wasn't like just a little bit left of center. This guy was on the complete opposite side of the road, on a curve.
2: I was scared to death he was going to kill somebody, and it's only by the grace of God he didn't.
1: Yeah, it was bad. But, but yeah, so we were on the phone. Now, you know, certainly not On Give him the bashing. Reader's Digest version, David. I am, I will. Not not bashing law enforcement here because it's going to probably sound that way, but I'm not. Um, we bashing but,
2: law enforcement everywhere is what we're doing.
1: No, no, I'm not because I, I know that it, Anyway, it's uh, it it's a struggle. Uh, It's a struggle because th- where we are, where we started, we were within the city limits of a town. So we dial 911. They're like, we'll patch you through to the city because you're in the city. All right. Remember jurisdictions here. So we're in the city. Well, by the time we get the city on the phone, which wasn't long because we were right near the county line. Guess what? We were in the county. Mm -hmm. And the city, so I I explain everything that's going on. The city says, you're in the county. I transferred to the county. So transfer me to the county. Have to go all through the whole pitch again. Then as I'm telling them that, they say, all right, uh, we're going to also transfer you to the highway patrol, South Carolina Highway Patrol. Now, we're headed toward North Carolina because we're right on the state line. Well, you know where this story's going, right? (laughs) I by, the time, <laughs> by the time we got South Carolina Highway Patrol involved, we were in North Carolina. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: And then so this, the South Carolina or the Highway Patrol they transferred us to thought that we were still in South Carolina, even though we told them we were in North Carolina.
1: Yeah, it was a mess. So then they transferred us to North Carolina Highway Patrol. So by this time, I've gone through this whole explanation of we're behind a drunk driver or are we believe to be and reckless, blah, blah, blah. We've gone through this like eight different times. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they, you know, okay, we'll get somebody coming your way. Talk to you later. I'm like, what do you mean talk to me later? So, I, you know, hung up with them. And then Lori's like, well, how are they going to know if the guy turns? I mean, why can't they stay on the phone with us? Because it wasn't like this guy was weaving in his lane. I like no. this, this was extremely dangerous.
2: Like I've got a 27 minute video that we didn't even start recording until probably 20 minutes in. Yeah. And there are on this video at least fifteen almost head on collisions.
1: Yeah. And then we go into these little roundabouts and he drives all over the top of the concrete on one side and then all over the other side. And it's just it was bad. I wanted to pit him because I've been watching, you know, the cops <laughs> and how they pit people, make them
2: lose control of their vehicle.
1: But. Yeah. So the the short of it is with we, we follow the guy all the way to what we believe to be his home. 40, it was 40 something minutes. We went 40, I think 42 miles or whatever it was. Never, never, ever had a police officer catch up to us or anything. So, so for 40 something minutes, we're behind a guy across two different states, two different counties, whole nine yards, not a single person that could pull him over was ever seen. Yep. It, it blew my mind because any other times they're all over the place. But not only that, but just the way 911 handled it. I mean, I mean the, just trying to transfer you between jurisdictions crazy, 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 crazy. Terrible communication.
2: Well, I know they're supposed to be calm and whatever, but come on, people, sense of urgency. We, <laughs> honest to God, were afraid <laughs> to stop following this dude because we felt like we were going to have to help rescue somebody from a head on collision because he was going to kill somebody.
1: Oh, absolutely. And like Laurie said, we we recorded it, which I'll most likely I'm going to post the recording of it. Um, because why not? Um, anyway, that's the long story short. Well, we got that,
2: to cut the volume out of it because I think I said something about let's blow his tires
1: out. Or <laughs> yeah, you were saying all kind of crazy <laughs> stuff. I think at one point I'm like, just pull up in front of him, slam on brakes, and I'll snatch him out of the car.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's when the lady said, "I advise you just keep a safe distance." And
1: yeah, but when you, it's like you see something that
2: you see a train wreck about to happen.
1: Yeah. It's like impending doom and you can't do anything about it or you feel like you can't, there are things we could have done now. It may have gotten me in trouble to or wreck my car. Yeah. But it's like, okay, it's that or potentially see somebody have a head on collision and die. It's, and there was one point there were motorcycles coming and we we're like, I was like, please, 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 please don't hit these motorcyclists. Unfortunately he didn't.
2: Yeah, because at least in a the car they'd have had a chance.
1: Yeah. Um, because I mean at some points he was driving like 70 miles an hour.
2: Yeah, and then he stops in the middle of a 55 mile an hour zone and tries to back up. Yeah, and we then almost decides, got yeah. Then this other truck comes flying around us trying not to hit us. And then um then the dude drives through the grass. It was crazy. It was crazy, y'all. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Now I will tell y'all, this ain't the first time this has happened to me. <laughs> David's sister and I were going somewhere one day, and we were behind this guy, and we're like, he is all over the road. And it was the same thing of, oh, my God, he's going to kill somebody. So she called 911, but they had us stay on the phone. Now, thankfully, they didn't have to transfer us to different jurisdictions and all this, but they had us stay on the phone until the cop came up behind me. And then I was able to get over so the cop could, you know, get that guy. And no, we ain't trying to get people in trouble, but we're trying to save lives because that was scary. Yeah. Like going over top of hills and dudes in the wrong lane, 70 miles an hour, crazy. Mm-hmm. So we tell y'all all this just to say, be careful out there.
1: Not only be careful, but don't be mad when your stepkid makes you run late because it might be just enough late to where you miss a head-on collision with some idiot that's driving drunk. Yep.
2: And like David said, we assume he was drunk. I was concerned that maybe he was having a medical issue because it was an elderly man, but...
1: Well, we don't know how elderly. But even if you are having a medical issue, you know when you're running all over the median and off the road and everything else, you should stop. Yeah.
2: So, and please... Don't worry about being a tattletale. If you see somebody that you believe is drunk driving, you could save somebody's life, really. So call 911 and try to get some help.
1: Well, if you're in the United States, if you're in the United
2: States, (laughs) and maybe you'll look up and find a cop within 45 minutes that can help. I don't even know how they would have got him to stop, but anyway, that's enough of that. We tried to do our good deed. And again, I'm so thankful that we did not see a head on collision because. Whew, too many chances.
1: Yeah, it was
2: nerve wracking. And those people have no idea that were.
1: Yeah, you kept saying that. Like these people don't know that they just about died.
2: <laughs> yeah, that their life's in danger. I yeah, mean, they're probably coming back from church and going to eat lunch. Mm-hmm. You don't think about that stuff. And then mm-hmm. we saw a bicyclist on the way back. He would have wiped them out for sure. Mm-hmm. And he probably would have kept going. I'm sure of it.
1: Yeah. I was actually surprised that he came to a stop at stop signs, even though...
2: Mid- middle of the road.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, even though he stopped a little late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, in the middle of the intersection, he finally stopped, but... <laughs> yeah.
2: So, anyway. Right. And if you drink and drive, stop that crap.
1: All right. We All ain't right. Not showing that. We don't nacho that. Don't nacho safety. That's right.
2: All right. So, speaking of nacho and safety... That's something you learn in the Nacho Kids Academy, David.
1: That's right. What can you do? What shouldn't you do?
2: Okay. What else can you learn in the Nacho Kids Academy, David?
1: You can learn all kinds of cool stuff. Like, uh, let's see, dealing with guilty parent syndrome. We even had another one recently where a person said, you know what? I've got a guilty partner syndrome. Let's talk about that.
2: Yep. That's on our list like, to do.
1: Yeah. So we had a conversation about that and and what that all entails. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about step family finances we talk about we even talk about creating wheels and you know things like that with step families so just tons of information in there
2: yep so if you'd like to get some help with your blend go to
1: nachokidsacademy.com and join now hey do you want to make the announcement about our gift f- from our anniversary yes to everybody else
2: yes let's do that
1: all right cool so in honor of our 13th Wedding Anniversary, which is October 10th, tomorrow as we're recording this, um, we are going to give a gift to everybody.
2: Everybody, everybody, everybody gets one. (laughs) That's
1: right. So what we're doing, for those of you, you may or may not know, we have an anonymous community that is available to the public called the Nacho Kids Club. Or is it Nacho Club?
2: Nacho Club, David. Nacho Nacho Club. Nacho Club. Yeah.
1: Okay, so it's the Nacho Club. But you go to nachokids.com, and you can find the information there on how to register. It used to cost, even though it was just a little bit, it was like $24 a year to be in it. We have had um, a company who's decided to uh, sponsor this so that it is no longer a charge. So we're going to open it up to everybody absolutely free. So go to nachokids.com. And then click on the club, and you can read about it there, and you can register for free and uh, take advantage of it. So it's kind of like, you know, think of it like Facebook, but completely anonymous. And you don't have to worry about Facebook jail, and you don't have to worry about uh, all the craziness that happens on Facebook and the screenshotting and people know who you are and all that. There's no way for anybody to know who you are.
2: Yep. Or you can go to NachoKids.com slash club.
1: Yep. And just register.
2: And just register. So, check it out. It's not as active as Facebook yet, but we are hoping that that will change because you can go there and not worry about nosy Nellies and crazy Karens and whatever else. (laughs) You can make your name whatever you want it to be.
1: Yep. Sure enough.
2: Except for Nacho Mama or Nacho Daddy because those are taken. (laughs) All right. So, I won't go into this very long, but Josh and Christy Groci are our guests today, and we were on their podcast recently, The Mm -hmm. Perfectly Blended Podcast. And so, after being on their podcast, we're like, we got to have you on ours. Yeah. So, they did. That's right. So, that's what you're getting ready to listen to.
1: Yep. And they're fun. Yes. So, you'll you'll enjoy this. There's a lot of uh, information and knowledge dropped in this podcast, and... Uh, you know, we get to talk about the differences of the challenges of their blend that they went through, and then some of ours. And uh, it's always good to get to hear about other people's challenges and how they overcome those challenges. And, you know, the challenges never go away. You know, we still have challenges. We just have the tools to address the challenges. Whereas early on in our re- relationship, we did not have those tools. Correct, Amundo. All
2: right. All right. You ready?
1: Ready. All right. Let's get to listening. Today,
2: we have Josh and Christy Grouchy with Perfectly Blended Podcast. Hey,
3: y'all, how you doing? Good. We're doing, she's like, good. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing well. We're doing good. It's still good weather here in Michigan we're at, so it's good.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: <laughs> Man, Perfectly Blended, that in and of itself is a conversation.
3: Isn't that the truth? It's like an oxymoron.
1: Yeah, well, it's like it I it told somebody before. They said something about all the mistakes you made. I said I didn't make any mistakes. I did everything perfectly wrong. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I was very successful in doing it wrong. <laughs> that is
3: exactly right, and that's the whole really concept idea, right? Which you guys get, right? Your blended family, so you understand yeah. it's we are blended perfectly, and which is massively imperfectly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is kind of a play in words. That was. We also do a ministry that we do for recovery, and one of the hashtags we use is "Hope Dealer." So it's kind of that same concept, right? Not dope dealer, but hope mm-hmm. dealer. You know, our so church it's kind of, uses that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably celebrate recovery. Probably is what they have. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I mean, we're recovering from something all the time. I'm
3: sure. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that one. <laughs> I've got yeah. hope dealer shirts, and I love them. Yeah. 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 We use that. So perfectly blended kind of has the same concept of that idea. It's perfect. We're perfectly blended. And I'm more politically correct than he is. And so he's
0: the one that came up with perfectly blended. And when he sent it to me, he's like, I really want to call it perfectly blended. I'm like, that's a lie. Like, we are not <laughs> perfect, Josh. I'm like, why would you say that? I'm like, people are going to be offended. And he's like, no, that's not the point. And he had to like explain it to me. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I had to walk her through it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your blend and then we'll
2: talk about how y'all got started doing your podcast and all that stuff.
0: So Josh and I, he has two kids. I have two kids. And so I have a 20-year-old and 18 year old And at the time, all of them, his daughter was 14, his son was nine, and then I had two boys, eight and six at the time. So we've been together for 11 years. And we got together. So I actually met Josh. I'm 43. And I met Josh when I was 18. Actually, I was dating one of his friends at the time. And so I'd gotten really close with him and his family through his friend. And Josh and I always had a
1: attraction
0: To one another, but you know, nothing ever came from it. I ended up getting married. He got married. We went our separate ways. But I was always running into his mom, and because I lived by where his parents lived, and to me, Josh was the one that always had gotten away. You know, like I really wish I could have, you know, dated him and got to know him. And his mom would run into me and be like. My name's Kristalyn. My legal first name's Kristalyn. And so she would be like, Crystaline, I wish you and Josh would have ended up together. You know, all these things. And so I ran into her one day when I was going through my divorce and she was so excited. And she <laughs> went out and called Josh and said, Crystalline's getting divorced and... <laughs>
3: I was already divorced. I, for,
0: he was already divorced. Yeah, for a while. and uh, so I ended up. I was an alcoholic. Josh and I are both recovering alcoholics. one night, when she told me, Josh was like, "Josh would date you." I was drunk, and <laughs> which we don't promote. I'm 11 years sober, people. <laughs> and uh, I reached out to him because you know I had that courage, that liquid courage, mm-hmm. and you know asked if he'd ever be willing to date me, and he's he said, like, "Hey, baby."
3: You? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, are you married? Like, whoa, hey, I don't want anybody showing up with a gun at my house. So
0: this was obviously (laughs) years later. So I met him when I was 18 and I was 31 or 30, somewhere around there when I had reached out to him and gotten his information from it. So when we got together, it was, it was difficult because he was a year and a half sober, which I didn't know. And I was an alcoholic and, uh, I was going through a newly, fresh divorced and he was healthy. He was a healthy person. He had been divorced for years and was really living his life right. We joke that I led him to church and he led me to sobriety because he just wasn't going to church. And uh, I was going to go to church, but not give up alcohol. (laughs) I don't know how that made sense in my brain at the time, but it did. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to go to church. I need to get my life right, but I'm not giving up alcohol because that's part of who I am. And so it were, It really was God. It was a God thing uh, that we got together.
3: Yeah. And we, you know, the one thing, one of the biggest mistakes we talk about it still today is, you know, we were dating, you know, for a couple months and then we're like, let's move in together, Yeah, you know, because that's a great idea. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I had her and her two kids, two boys move in with us. And I mean, the, the problem started almost instantaneously with the kids mm-hmm. and we were completely blind. We handled it
0: wrong. Yeah.
3: All wrong. Yeah. So, so with the two kids coming in, my son was used to having me all to himself. I hadn't been married for a while. I didn't bring any other women around my kids. And so with doing that, uh, my kids were not used to having another woman and her children in our house on their territory. So my son got to be pretty physical with Christie's oldest son. They're very close in age. And that instantly right there started uh, some serious problems. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, we we realized at that point, okay, we need to start doing some things very, very different. Mm-hmm. We started doing things like bathroom talks where Christy and I would go into the bathroom and have four and five hour sessions <laughs> away from the kids because we didn't want to argue in front of the kids.
1: And, like, Mom and that went stomachs on. tore up again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really funny, right? We started a movie one time and then things started getting heated between her and I, and we're like, bathroom and so we go in the bathroom and when we finally come out the kids are like we've watched two movies <laughs> what have you guys been doing in there you know <laughs> oh they knew yeah they, they knew did. they knew but though that was something we said we're not going to fight and argue in front of the kids and we're going to talk things through whether we want to or not and that lasted for a couple years bathroom talks did yeah pretty. but heavy. that's
0: why we wanted to help because we did it all wrong as you can tell mm-hmm. in the beginning it was all wrong. They say you should not date anybody your first couple years of sobriety. God says you should not live together out of wedlock. <laughs> you shouldn't get divorced to begin with. And so all of it was wrong. So God, everything equates and to we're, God.
3: So that means we're perfectly blended.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, let me ask you something, Christy. If you would have known that he was sober, would you have still reached out to him?
0: Probably not. Probably not. That's why I, because I wasn't, ready to admit. So my life, I was molested growing up for years and I uh, tried to commit suicide when I was 16 and all of these things. And so I had learned to cope, not cope with emotions, but anger and alcohol. And so I hadn't admitted that I had a problem yet. Mm -hmm. And I had a very hard upbringing. There was a lot of abuse, physical abuse from my dad and my stepdad too. And so I had learned to take care of myself, but I had a lot of walls up. I was a very bitter, angry person. So when he met me when I was 18, I was I had fully accepted that I was an angry person and I was okay with it mm-hmm. to keep everybody at an arm's length. And so I probably wouldn't have reached out to him if I would have known he was sober because I liked that I drank. I right. liked that I smoked cigarettes, you know, not that there's anything wrong with smoking, but for me, cigarettes and alcohol went hand in hand. And I wasn't ready to do that yet. And so I had never been scared of losing a human being besides my children, but I was never fearful of losing my kids, you know, or being without them. i had never been scared of losing a person. Like everyone walked out of my life. Every, you know, I was unwanted my whole life growing up. So I had never, if someone was like, I don't want to be around you anymore. I was fine with it. I'm like, that's fine. You know? And when him and I got together, and we got in a huge fight, uh, I had been drink. I had left, went, spent the night at a friend's house, was drinking. He was like, "I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this anymore because you're really starting to affect my sobriety." He was such a healthy and such a good place, and for the first time, I was like scared of not having him in my life anymore, and I wasn't used to having that feeling, mm-hmm. and so I just was like. I know that there, I have a drinking problem and I need to change. But to answer anyway your question, I probably wouldn't have, only because I would have thought he was, I already thought Josh back in the day when I knew him was too good looking for me. I don't know. He's always been just outgoing and friendly and, uh, person a people person and funny, funny. And, funny. <laughs> and a people person to, to me to me he's the the most perfect you could get to a human being he accepts people how he are how he is he's honest all this stuff so i probably wouldn't have too because i would have been like there's no way i already felt like he would not date me because i just picture him with someone used to picture him with someone different you know, different type of girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really probably wouldn't have then because I'm like, there's no way he would date me if you know I was drinking.
3: So real quick, I want to kind of it was my question do a quick piggyback mm-hmm. on this because <laughs> the major thing for me w- when I knew Christy when she was younger was her strength because one thing that Christy had maybe wasn't healthy for a lot of things, but Christy knew how to handle herself. And to me, I am attracted to to the strength in her. I am not fearful of that. I like that she's this massive force of a being, right? And I understand that pain can bring that out of us. You know, they bring a lot of this pain and stuff just really made her just a rock. But I saw the diamond inside of all of this rock, this coal. And so when we had an opportunity later in life to get together, yeah, I knew this was a great opportunity. And I didn't know the past. And it was really, I'm getting goosebumps right now. It was really like, I didn't care about the past because I knew that, I really felt this this kindred draw towards her. And because of her strength, like, yeah, she used to be physically mean, right? She was, was a physically mean person, not to me, right? But she she was. And so that strength though, it, it, she still carries on today. She just uses it with love and caring for people. And if she, if she has somebody that she wants to, if you are somebody that she loves and somebody tries to attack you in any which way, I feel sorry for the person trying to do that. Because she's used all this stuff that's that's brought pain in her life, it's created this amazingly strong woman that's hard to even describe. but and that to me is, uh, that attracts me, where right? I know a lot of men are intimidated by that, but I'm not. like I'm very secure with who I am, but I desire this. I want a fireball of a wife, and she is <laughs> the fieriest. Of all the fireballs,
0: I try to be a fireball, and I try to be submiss- submissive too, and let you be the leader of our home, and that's a fine balance that
1: mm-hmm. I'm not good
0: at
3: yet. 100. <laughs> percent
1: She's I better than she thinks. But you're perfect. <laughs> but you're
3: perfect. <laughs> Perfectly blended. <laughs> you are
0: perfect. I think he's perfect. Well, I
2: don't. I do have another question about you um, and your alcoholism. I don't want that to be the whole topic here, but when you moved in together. Was it, oh, my God, I won't be able to drink anymore?
0: No, I just was like, I can't have alcohol in his house, so I have to figure out a way to drink. So I would (laughs) stop on the way home from work, and I'd pull into the Meyer parking lot, and I would go in and get like three tall boys, and I would sit out in my car, and I'd smoke, and I'd drink them before I went to his house. And then I figure, you know, it's the... What do you call it? It's the MO of people that are like, oh, everyone always leaves, but you're also kind of also pushing them away. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I would look for a reason. Either we got in a fight or, because in the beginning of a relationship was really tough. His ex alone, I can't believe we're still together because of all of that. But he, we would get in a fight or something and then I would just be like, I'm leaving, you know? And then it'd give me an excuse to go. mm -hmm. And I didn't hide it. From him, like we would go out with friends, and I would drink when we were out. I just knew I couldn't have in his house, and I was trying to hide from him how much I drank, which Mm -hmm. he knew. Like, and people know that now. Like, I'm 11 years sober, and he's 13 years sober with Celebrate Recovery. People come there and they think like if they've relapsed or they're hiding it or something that we don't know. We know. We just don't say anything because you have to accept it yourself and you have to come to terms with yourself. We are in the right place. We're not going to push you away. So he knew how much I was drinking. He could smell it on me. He wasn't stupid. But we also know in recovery, you can't make someone become sober. Right? Like they have to want to become sober themselves. And so him saying something to me or trying to hold me accountable to it would have just pushed. And he knew that. So until it started affecting his sobriety, right. which is what a healthy boundary is, like, hey, you're starting to affect my sobriety, and that's what I'm protecting is mine. That sets a whole different precedence to it. But he he figured out how much I drank after we moved in together because you probably didn't know before
3: no, but how I much a, I drank. I had a feeling, you know, like you always do. It's mm-hmm. I'd already been a year and a half sober. So oh, man. Have a, I love beer. <clears throat> <a> kinda, <laughs> And that's that's how you know we're alcoholics, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, we love it. 13, 11, 13 years Mm. later, it's like... Ooh, yeah. And it's awesome <laughs> having a
0: spouse that suffered with the same thing or has recovered from the same thing because we can have real raw conversations about it mm-hmm. and we know what each other means. You know, so we'll be driving and it'll be <laughs> dusk during the summer and we roll the windows down, make like, man, we're not out this late, yeah, hardly anymore. And it's like, man, we used to drive around and be drunk you and go to me, <laughs> Yeah. And so we can <laughs> reminisce together, you know, and be like, man, we just loved it so much. <laughs> I wish I could just go out with someone and just have a glass of wine or just. Just have a beer and it not affect me. And, yeah. you know, we just can have real conversations yeah. about it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wasn't there a so. country song about Jesus and beer? Yeah. <laughs> there was. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I heard that song and I'm like, blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: She's like, I'm turning to the country religion. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
3: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Well, I do want to congratulate both of you on your sobriety because I know that is not easy. And it's something that most people fight every day.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. It's yeah. been a battle, but I, I can speak for Christy from this. It's been one of the biggest blessings. It's mm. taught us so many lessons in life, but also in marriage and uh, in blending. You know, we've we've grown so much. We've learned so much about ourselves, and in doing so, we've learned more about how to care for each other care for our kids for me to care for her kids and vice versa and it's just you have to learn to sit in your emotions it's really taught us so oh. so so much and we're really really grateful it's we don't i don't regret all the bad things that happened i mean i've been in jail i've you know lost jobs <gasps> i have duis i've just oh yeah i've done it she's done it wrecked told cars walked away from them i mean just you know we were we were the party animals we were the we were the let's tell you
0: guys the, all about
3: that the, the, when we're not you know the light of the <laughs> la- the light of the uh, we loved doing it. We, and we did it with everything that we, that's how we are. It's, we go all in. We were and, bad. And in doing that though, I don't regret any of it. Maybe you know, I broken. don't really regret. So.
0: I regret, I do regret how much I fought. Like he was saying, like I was just so angry and bitter and I lost a lot of friends, good friends along the way, because I got so violent in my life and would just fight people, men, women, you know, it didn't matter. So I do regret that. I wish I wouldn't. But it
3: was kind of cool. Oh my
1: god! <laughs> <laughs> I think I missed you in the UFC one time. <laughs> <laughs> She's like Ronda Rousey part two. Oh yeah. maybe it was WWE. Oh sure which one. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So yeah. I have to ask you this: since since his mom loved you so much when she met you in the in the grocery store, how does she feel about you once you two got together, and then there started being issues in the family?
0: So his mom actually really likes me. There was a time that she we went through a hard phase and because his mom and I parent differently. So there is a little boy that his mom has raised. That's a long story in and of itself, but he's a little African-American boy and the little girls... Well, they're not little girls anymore. They're his age, but... They had moved in with them, they're twins, and they she basically raised them. And then one of them had a little boy, and she treats him like she's his grandma. His dad
3: died, so my mom stepped yeah. in and...
0: Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So it was Jordan's 16th birthday, his daughter's My 16th daughter. birthday. And this little boy at the time, he's great now, but I would say 16, 14, 15,
3: 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 12, I don't know. 15, it was four 14, or five. He was four or five years old. Yeah.
0: I think Graydon was like four or five. And he was also, I think, four or five because they're close to the same age. So he was an awful little boy at the time, like very rude, he was a boy, like and,
3: high level brat,
0: like but physical, but been, mean yeah. words. Everything. So my kids, I raised, I was raising them to say, you are to respect everybody. But if someone's mean or rude to you, you don't have to, play. I like, I didn't believe in forcing children to play together. I think that's unhealthy. And I think it's toxic mm-hmm. to do that, to force two humans to play together when they don't like, to, like, I don't agree with it. Well, his mom feels differently. Like he, she feels like, they all have to play together. And so we were at this birthday party and he was being mean to Graydon. And so I was just like, Graydon, just stay by me. Like, you don't have to play with him. Just stay by me. So he was off playing with another little boy and Graydon just stayed by me. And his mom came up to me and was like, why isn't Graydon playing with them? And I'm like, he just doesn't want to. And she's like, are you mad about something? Are you mad about something? And she kept asking me. And I finally told her, I'm like, yeah, he doesn't have to play with him. He doesn't. If he's mean to him and hits him, he doesn't have to go play with him. And she was started screaming at me in the middle of the birthday party and grabbed the little boy and left and didn't talk to me, didn't talk to us for like two or three months. I finally had to reach out to her and say, you know, I'm really sorry that I offended you and we need to talk it out type of thing. We just agreed to disagree. But since then, there really hasn't been a time. now, his family probably does feel a little bit from an outsider. If I put myself in their shoes, his sisters and his mom may feel to a certain extent that I took him from them. But what has really happened is we've really became Christ followers and God prunes your life the more and more you become a Christ follower. And we kind of, not that we don't, we go to family gatherings and Easter and Christmas and have them over. We just had them over this past Sunday for his birthday. He had just had a birthday on Monday and we just gradually, you gravitate away from people that don't
3: understand or live their life a certain way. So maybe there may be a little bit. I mean, to answer the question from my standpoint is I know my family really, really well. I am the only boy out of four siblings. I have three sisters, my mom, my dad was never home. He was working all the time. So it was just us five. And they look at anything that's going to draw me away from them. That must be the problem. I'm not the problem. Right. And Christy stated it very well. Over the years, it's been, you know, it's... And I would probably feel Christie's the same pulling, way as that. You know, Christy's pulling you away from the mm-hmm. family a little bit. And even though I could look them all in the face and tell them differently, it's, you know, David, you're asking the question for a reason. And it's probably all leads back to true. You know, my I have kids that are not Christy's. And so there is some fictitious lines drawn, you know, when it comes to things, luckily we've been able to weather that storm and our kids are, our youngest is 18 now. So we don't really battle that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. No. Stay the night, Josh, taking places.
1: So, Josh, when you got divorced, did your mom and or sister step in and kind of help you a lot and fill some gaps there with taking care of the kids and maybe even the house and stuff like that? Yeah, so the one thing that I did do. Get our face.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. His thing. mom was a huge
3: part in it when he first got. So he's asking me. <laughs> <Okay>. All right, <laughs> you put it in on one of my questions. <laughs> he's me. So w- what ended up happening in a lot of ways. let do the bathroom, just, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> not just divorce, but even when I sobered up, my mom stepped in in a big way, and it became more of a kind of a codependent relationship. To be honest with you, on both of us, mm-hmm. but when I was married the first time. They hated her because we, because we were, (laughs) and they did. And, but, but because we were such partiers, the kids spent a lot of times with grandparents, a lot of time. So when I went through my divorce, I was still drinking and they still spent a lot of time with grandma and on both sides. And so, yes, to answer your question. Yeah. They, they honestly helped and helped and helped. And then as I got healthier and Christy moves into the picture, I needed less of that, which caused, to be honest with you, which caused some hurt feelings.
0: Well, his it mom, still does. I mean it's still when does. he when he got sober, before he got sober, his mom used to come over to his house and I saved them when we moved. She hung handwritten signs all over the house like one day at a time, like above the toilet, above like all these things to try to encourage him to get sober. So then when he did get sober, him and his mom spent a lot of time together. They went to Disney together. They would garage sale together like daily. And she was like his rock during that time mm-hmm. that he was getting sober to keep his mind busy and things like that. So yeah, it, his mom and him spent a lot of time together a with lot. the kids when he first, and he was a year and a half sober when him and I got together. So that had been going on for a year and a half just that. Mm-hmm. And when you're going through sobriety, that's why people say don't date, right? Because you are you should be focusing on yourself and getting better and things like that. You become very close with them relationships that you develop mm-hmm. during that time. And that's why you shouldn't get in a relationship because of those raw emotions and feelings that you're dealing with. So him and his mom became very, very tight-knit yep. and close.
3: And it's been tough since because... You grow older, and I'm less dependent on that. You know, I still stay in contact with my mom. Don't get me wrong. But and usually I take, when I and contact her. you. I take care her, of you. you, 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 <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you with know, all it's, that violence it, and force. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but,
3: but the relationship's changed over the years with my mom and I. And to her, probably in a, a bad way, and to me, a better way. So it mm-hmm. caused some strain probably for her. I would assume. Well, and his dad
0: was an alcoholic. He's been sober for like 30 years. And then my dad actually died at 59 from alcoholism. And so uh, my family on my side of the family, my family, (laughs) my family is, is all uh, Christians, but I would call them my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. I would call them very legalistic Christians and uh, his his family isn't Christian. I mean, they believe in God, but you know how that goes. But he, they uh, are more negative, like just negative thinkers, you know, like ho hum, poor me, all of these things. So when him and I got together and we both have this really good thing going and we're really trying to be positive thinkers and forward and love and all these things, God has kind of pruned our life to where our church family has really become family. Yeah. Like for our kids' open houses, we have tons of people from our church coming over and, and helping manage the open house and do the food and do this. And it's just, mm-hmm. I think that's a God thing. It is. I really do. Yeah, it is. I know David's mom stepped in
1: a lot and helped him with the kids. Yeah, and I was an alcoholic and it had the same, <laughs> same outcome. <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so when I came into the picture, the boundaries weren't set. Yeah. And it was really hard for me when I would come home and she had been in our house.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Or she had came in and cleaned up the stepkids rooms Mm -hmm. or rearranged the kitchen. Yeah. And I didn't realize at the time that she probably felt slighted and pushed to the side when I came in because it's, okay, mom, thanks. I don't need you anymore because Lori's here.
1: Yeah. Almost like Mm -hmm. overnight. Like like we got married on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I needed her Saturday morning, but not Saturday afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Pretty much. And again, I never thought of it that way until I was able to step back from everything and go, yeah, her feelings were probably really hurt with that. Mm -hmm. That's true. (laughs) You you know, her purpose was taking care of her son and
0: kids Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that gave, that gave, because his mom and dad don't have, like his dad is the old school, right? You, he's out in the garage all day long, tinkering in his garage. He has a TV out there, a recliner out there. I mean, that's how my parents were growing up. You know, the dad was always in the garage or out working on the lawn or whatever. And the mom was in the house doing the house stuff. And that's how his parents are. So his mom and him got really close because it's not like they, his parents are best friends or do things together. So Josh became like her best friend, mm-hmm. and when he first got sober, even he moved in with back in with his parents with his kids for a little bit too. Not, not when
3: I got sober, no. not
0: sober. I'm sorry. Yeah,
3: not sober. But I did. I, I mean, I lost. Divorced I mean, is what I meant. To yeah, say. when I got divorced, and then had I lost the place that I was living, and then I didn't have a choice. And my mom for a long time actually behind my dad's back financially supported a lot of, a lot of my habits, you know, of coming over and paying my light bill when I got turned off and, you know, helping with rent and, you know, racking yeah. up all this, this credit card debt, you know, to help her son without my dad even knowing, you know, so it was super, it was, there was a lot of unhealthiness that came along with it too, you know, so. But she was hurt. She was. And, and, and it was beneficial for both of us. And yeah, you you guys are right. I mean, then all of a sudden it's just like, mm-hmm. cut it off, you know? Thank yeah. you on Saturday and we don't need you on Monday. You know, it's yeah. It's yeah. Tough. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and I think that if nothing else we learn from that is those boundaries need to be set before yeah. I moved in because that way it wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. Because a yeah. lot of resentment came from, oh, well, Lori's there now. Whereas yeah. if he would have tapered that off slowly. Oh, it's my fault now. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> you should have known, <laughs> you know, if he would have just maybe, for instance, said, Mom, I appreciate you trying to clean up the kids room for them, but they really need to start doing that. Yeah, that would, number one, help slide her out of that role, but also it would help them slide into the role of them cleaning their rooms yeah. without it being Lori comes and all these changes happen.
0: Yep. Yeah. I agree. Him and I had a discussion one time because we were over at his mom's house and him and I had been together for years, like six or seven years. And we were standing there and he said something to his mom, like Christian, some of the things that we've put together for our relationship were to go to bed at the same time. I mean, things we had t- communicated about at the beginning. And one of the things where we don't hug members of the opposite sex. Now it's not a hundred percent true. Like I was telling someone the other day at funerals, everyone's mourning. We're not going to go around and be like, I can't hug you. Sorry, you're mourning. But- but you're a boy. So I'm sorry. Face, sorry. You know, like mm-hmm. we, but we don't just go around as a handshake at, you know, just random people hugging them. Oh, nice to see you. It's just something we set up. And his mom started being like, well, I would think that you were confident enough that Josh could hug. You know other women and it wouldn't offend you. And Josh tried to take, which he did a lot, because he felt like he was in the middle between his mom and me. Mm-hmm. He tried to take the neutral stance and try to tell her, well, you know, it makes Christy more comfortable, Mom, and she's supposed to be, you know, she's my wife. And, and I was like, fuming. <laughs> and so we get in the car and I'm like, you made that sound to her like it's all me and we had to do it to make me more comfortable because you love me so much. And I'm this little frail girl and you uh-huh. want to make sure my feelings. I'm like, that was something we agreed on to do together. right? And so that, again, we had to have these discussions as they came up because he did feel like he was in the middle and he tried to say stuff to not offend his mom, mm-hmm. you know, and make her feel like she was agreed with, but also make sure I felt like I was agreed with. So I could only imagine like how, do you remember that?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: he's My like God, i, I had true. nightmares about it every night <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: you don't forget stuff like that <laughs> yeah that's when you sit there and you go darn i thought i handled that well and i just <laughs> yeah. completely did yes. not mm-hmm. i know i'm all like uh, yeah <laughs> i did that one well no. <laughs>
3: i think that's a stepdad problem though is i think you as a stepdad yeah you know i can only speak from a stepdad standpoint but you feel like you have to try and balance all the sides of everything you know it's like okay i need to make my spouse happy. I need to make my mom or my parents happy. You know, I need like shut my ex up and try and please that. So it keeps, she stops bugging us. And it's like, you feel like you're caught in the middle all the time, constantly. And something that we learned over the years is that if I choose Christie's side all the time, it, the other stuff almost works itself out, you know? And it's like, I don't have to be in the middle. Like it's, I not my think side. I it's a more. marriage side. But I'm saying my spouse's side, right? I have to choose. Right? As long as I think the way Christy thinks, then we're okay. We're safe, right? <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, y'all, bro- y'all, I wish y'all could see this video. She makes the per- best faces. It's so, I'm sure we'll post this video on YouTube or somewhere. But you gotta watch it. It's- if, she,
3: <laughs> if she's not talking, she's making faces, right? <laughs> yeah, she's
1: like Lori. She talks with her facial expressions. It's, it's great. Anyway, sorry Josh. But- <laughs> no,
3: no, I, you know, I just. That's, I mean, I think that's important. It's just yeah. we, something we learned is like, you know, we have to choose our marriage first and in blended families, that's a really, really hard thing to do because you think oh, it's going to upset my kids if I, you know, if I, you know, stop, you know, conversing with their mother, even though she's toxic. And it's like, we can thought bubble ourselves to death on thinking and assuming mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, figuring that things are going to work out a specific way. But once I stepped back and said, no, I need to make this a priority, the, this right here, our marriage a priority and stick up for that. Things really changed. I mean, people got hurt, but it's it things worked out better all the way around.
0: Well, it feels like from our standpoint, we had everything going against us. So, we had his daughter, is not biologically his daughter, so his daughter every time his ex-wife would get upset, would rip his daughter out of the home and then allow her to come back when she was ready to have her come back. And so that upset the three boys that were left in the home and my kids. And if CPS got involved, they had to go talk to my ex. And then my ex would be like, what do you have going on at your house? Like that CPS is constantly getting called.
3: Because of my ex spouse, she was, she's not a good human. So our kids would get called. Yeah. We'd have to call CPS because of things happening over there. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it just felt like we had everything going against us. My mom, like I said, my mom and I haven't talked in five years now, like five years. But when him and I first got together, he wasn't working. When him and I got together, he was a stay-at-home dad with his kids, and I was working. And so him and I really prayed about it when we got together. Well, not at first, but we weren't Christ followers right away. But we ended up praying about it, and we really felt like because the the youngest kids, nine, eight, and six, were all boys, and so we're like, we he didn't want to, but we really felt like God was saying this is the it's giving you the prime opportunity for you to stay home. Christy just continue to work. And God really continued to bless me slash us in the career field to allow us to financially make, money, financially make. make more money to make it work. Yeah. But my mom came, drove all the way up here from Kentucky and drove me and took me out to dinner to try to say like, what are you doing? The man's supposed to, you know, provide for his family and, I'm like, show me in the Bible where it says the man is supposed to provide financially for the family. It's supposed to, he's supposed to be the leader of his home, and he's supposed to provide them, which means direct them towards God. It doesn't say he has to make the money and the woman has to be barefoot in the kitchen, you know, pregnant.
3: I was barefoot in the kitchen. (laughs) Were you pregnant? (laughs) I tried like crazy. It just doesn't work like that.
0: (laughs) Oh, there's a line. (laughs) So, So... So we got a lot of heat because his dad also is like one of the good old boys, right? That worked and worked and worked and worked and worked all the time, was never home. And so his dad didn't agree with that decision either and would make comments. They'd come over to the house and I already feel less than Mother's Day is celebrated and talked about how moms run around and have to do all this housework and handle all the kids. I didn't have to do that. I was working. And so they, he'd come over our house and ask me where something was in the kitchen. I don't know. It's not my kitchen. It's his kitchen. That's right. You know, Stay and so it. then he'd like make <laughs> fun of me because I didn't know like where a pan was or something in the yeah. kitchen. And so we had I felt like we just had like bullets from every direction our own families with how we decided to blend our family and the roles that we decided on and uh we still are in those roles to this day and in we feel like we still feel like this is where God. I'm a
3: trophy husband at this point. because <laughs> <understanding of
0: God.
3: laughs> Please so don't give clean. David
0: any ideas, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, and it's just worked, you know, and uh, it's, it's allowed for us to, God has morphed this into, you know, our blended family ministry and him to allow to have all that. He works part-time for our church. We joke it's part-time, part-time. So he does video work and stuff for our church. Church, and he runs our Celebrate Recovery ministry at the church. But then it's allowed him free time to spend time with the kids when they when they are home and here and cook for them. And the majority of them are boys and, and
3: raise good men. And that was yeah. a big thing that turned out to be a really good thing because I got healthy. I wasn't raised by healthy, but I got healthy, and I was able to say, Hey, I can do things differently than what was done for me. And yeah. on a man to man thing. And you so that cycle, yeah. And yeah. we and we have outstanding men we have outstanding men so and
0: it was really hard like just a few months ago he got an opportunity to take a lucrative job and he it was like a carrot dangling you know in front of both of our faces about some things and uh instantly as the couple days went by we didn't hadn't really talked talked about it And I just was getting this pit in my stomach. I was like, I just, and but am I being controlling? Because you know, I can be controlling. So I'm like, I didn't want to say anything because I'm like, if it's something he really wants to do, I just need to let this go. And I just was not feeling right all day. And then I come home from work that day and he's in the kitchen and he turns and looks at me and he's like, I just don't have peace about this decision. I just don't have peace about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that because I don't have peace about it either. (laughs) So And so we just... We're going in the direction that God wants us and to go. And
3: it was just, this was around the same time as we really started to do our Perfectly Blended. Like, it was right around that time. Yeah. So, you know, there, there was a thing that we really felt God place on our heart to do. And then there was this thing that was tugging at my pride mm-hmm. saying, Josh, you haven't worked in, you know, 12 years, 13 years. Yeah. You know, you need to get out there and start, you know. Earning your way, you know, because we make a joke when we go out to eat. I make a joke when we go out to eat. I'm like, mom pays for the bill, dad pays for the tip, you know. And so I'm like, it's dad's time. I get to pay for the bill, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, it's it's a pride thing. And so, uh, you know, we just listened to what God was telling us, and we're grateful now that we did yeah. that, you know, because now we're able to do all the things. all the things that we're doing now. And yeah. so it has been a big blessing for us.
2: You know? That's great. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to something you said about, I think it was your son was angry towards her son. Yeah.
3: And I want both of you to tell me how you felt when that happened. Well, I can tell you from my standpoint is I instantly didn't think about Christie's son. I thought about my own and, and it's, you know, I instantly wanted to defend him and say, he's hurt. He's scared, which is all true. You know, those are all true things, but I instantly didn't think of us as a family. You know, it was very beginning. I didn't think of like, how's this going to impact? Yeah. I didn't think how this is going to impact our family as a unit. I just thought, well, then, then her son should stay away from my son because he's, you know, stepping into his territory, which I now know is the wrong way to feel about it. But I felt like he needed to be defended. That's how I felt. Right. How how did you feel? I felt like I'm going to
0: slit both of their throats and I'm going to take my kids. I'm going to take my kids and we be gone because if that's what's going to be allowed, if violence is going to be allowed, I will show them violence and I'm, my kids will be gone because it's like no one, you, you cannot, you little brat boy, you know, is, is this perfect trophy son that never can do anything wrong. just freaking pushed my kid down. My baby boy who wants to be friends with everybody, wants everybody just to like him, do, just wants to make everybody happy, just got pushed by this mean, mean boy. Are they friends I'm now? like, they're best friends.
3: These boys are best, best friends, today. friends today.
0: But best I like, today. literally was like, we ended up in a bathroom, the bathroom, <laughs> talking because I'm like, we're gonna be moving out. Like that can't happen again, yeah. and it never did. Right, uh, but something had gotten brought up about. I think Garrett said something about stepdad or or something like that, and we weren't married yet. So and it was still all so new. We were living in sin. <laughs> okay, so we were. I called my grandma to tell her I have a new address and I moved in. She's like, "Great, you're living in Sin, awesome!" <laughs> <laughs> and
1: grandma, that's exactly my address. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Right? Yeah, six six
2: six Sin Street. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. exactly. So it it was uh it was weird at first, but we ended up in the bathroom talking about it, and and it didn't happen again, you know. But I just instantly. I almost hit a kid.
3: Well, we didn't have compassion for each other. No. And we didn't have compassion for each other's kids. No. We had zero of that. We only saw our own, and we only thought, you know, what we need to do to protect our own, and that's... It's a hard thing in the beginning of blended families. If That's we have time,
0: I would like Josh to tell a story that has went down in history in our family from the first six months we moved in together when his keys came up missing.
3: That's okay, deal.
0: Josh, go ahead. You don't want to hear
3: that. Story. Yes, I did. Yes, <laughs> I did. All right. So, I am a very particular person, okay? No, I, I, put things, <laughs> I put things in a very particular spot. Not me, I uh, lose Christy them. will lose her phone every 35 seconds in our house, right? <laughs> so I have a little dish that I have that sat on the counter that I put my keys and my wallet in. That's exactly where they always went. Without question, that's where they went. So Christy and her boys moved in and they're there for a while. I don't know, a few months, probably at this point. And one day I go to get my keys and they're not in the dish. And so I am like, yes, that's David's eyes are correct. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. Right. I'm like, even it's not me, right? Mm -hmm. It's not me. And I know my kids know better. So I had to call Christy at work and I'm like, Hey, my, uh, my keys are missing. Uh, Did you take them? And she's like, no, I didn't take your keys. I'm like, okay. She's like, well, did you ask the kids, your kids? And I'm like, no, I don't need to ask my kids. My kids know better. She's like, well, maybe you misplaced them. I'm like, no, I don't misplace things like that's not what I do. Okay. I'm like, we need to talk to your kids about it. She's like, why would my kids take my keys? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they, their dad put them up to it. I don't know. All I know is I didn't lose them and my kids wouldn't touch them. So it was either you or your kids. And this was like this problem, right? So I ended up having to go and I didn't have the money to do this at the time, but I had to go and buy a new key and fob. And it was one of the keys that had the chip in it. And it cost me like $200 to buy a new key. I was so mad about it. So I went and I did it. Well, about four or five months later, we, Christy and I decided to get a new television. So my dad comes over to help me hang this new television on the wall. We're removing the old TV off the stand. And my dad's like, Josh, there's something hanging from the back of your television. And I said, oh, that's weird. What? And he turns the TV around. And at the time I was going to school and I had a thumb drive that was attached to my keys. (gasps) And on the thumb drive was the update to update the TVs because that was before they were Wi-Fi updated. And there was my keys hanging from the back of my television that I put there, uh, updating (laughs) the television. (laughs) So... (laughs) I had to eat all kinds of crow on that one. Wow. So I did the right thing. Christy came home and I'm like, look, I need to talk to you about something. I'm like, I found my keys. And she's like, okay. And I said, well, you know, I explained it to her. And she's like, hmm. I said, I just want you to know I'm really sorry. It was wrong of me. You know, I did misplace them, And I apologized to her boys. But I can tell you that was a massive learning thing for me. Yes. Because
0: I knew, like, my kids and his kids were Two different creatures. Okay. His kids were very, very grown up for their ages because of things they'd seen and their mom and all these things. They were very mature. My kids were kids. They were eight mm-hmm. and six. They did not care about nobody's keys. They mm-hmm. didn't care about their shoes. So. Okay. They didn't care about any <laughs> of that stuff. Yeah. And so I'm like, my kids would
3: not like, They wouldn't care. But we had a PlayStation, right? And my kids, my son knew that the PlayStation games, like you put your finger in the hole, you don't touch the outside of the game because it's a disc. And her kids are like, you know, grabbing with peanut butter and jelly hands and like putting them in. And I'm just like, I'm about to lose my mind (laughs) because I'm not used to that, right? So what I had to get used to though and understand is that my kids are my kids because I raised them that way. Her kids didn't mean any harm by it. Like she said, they're just being kids. Yeah. But I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it that way. I seen it my way and my way only, which caused me to eat some serious Crow. Yeah,
0: Yeah, because we had an Xbox that had all the discs and they touched them and did them. And if they broke the Xbox, I had taken it apart a couple of times and fixed the Xbox, like took it apart and figured it out, put it back together. And it was fine. I'm
2: sweating a little here. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, with Jackson, I remember with the brothers, they would always hurt him, leave him out. And I always felt like he was the redheaded stepchild. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to defend him. And I remember we would go to Wendy's and David's kids would all pile up in a booth and Jackson's standing there. Oh, it broke my heart.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Well, and it's because his kids weren't left out that he's, you know, playing the violin over here. (laughs) But when they would get in the argument, of course, I wanted to defend Jackson and take up for him. Plus, he was five years younger than the triplets. Yeah. But I realized that what I was doing was preventing them from bonding. Mm -hmm. My sisters and I fought like crazy. And that's some of the best memories that we have. Mm -hmm. And when Jackson and the brothers would fight, they would say, just leave him alone. Just leave him alone and create that distance. So they were afraid to play with him or they'd get in trouble if something happened. And I finally said, he needs to be able to stand up for himself. And he also needs to be able to handle those situations where if things get out of control, he can walk away or he can come get me. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And I find out, I don't know how many years later, they're like, yeah, remember that time Jackson fell on his bike and got hurt and we drug him up to mama's and made him stay in that little shed thing until he quit crying before we let him go home so we wouldn't get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And then recently I was. David was on the phone with one of his kids and he said, yeah, I remember when mama would take us to school and she'd be like, how are things going? And they're like, Jackson's lying about everything and getting us in trouble. And I'm thinking, my poor baby, I thought he was taken care of and on his way to school, you know, the most important part of his day, yeah. he's getting berated by these kids
3: and I'm thinking that poor thing. So I went and talked to him about it. That night. he's like, I don't remember that crap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's so f- true. We have a finished basement in this house, which we moved in eight years ago. And we decided at the time to put the two older boys that fought in the beginning, Josh mm-hmm. and Garrett, together. It's the greatest thing we ever did because we were out of the middle of it. Right. They had to figure out how to get along. Yeah, And they didn't right. get along until they moved down there. And then a couple of mm-hmm. years later, we find out that they're calling each other best friends. We're like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah, I'll happened? say something to Jackson. I'll say, yeah, Branson,
2: such and such, or Ethan, such and such. I know. I talked to him the other day. Yeah. So, even though they moved out, went in the Air Force, he still has a relationship with them. And I'm so thankful because I was yeah. worried when they left that he would be just forgotten because mm-hmm, there is yeah. five years apart and he's not their brother kind of thing. And, yeah. but it hasn't been that way. And I'm thankful because Jackson looks at them as the brothers love it and
0: that's how and we're very thankful because that's how our all of our kids are all of our kids call each other brothers and sister and they all love each other they all uh talk to one another Graydon, out of all of them his son is quiet And until he gets around us and then he'll talk more. Graydon is typically quiet every once in a while. He'll come in with a zinger or something. Which is your youngest. Yeah. Yeah. But they all, it's so funny because I used to worry about that. Like they're all not going to like each other or they're going to think that they aren't welcome here. And so I have to come in and I have to protect them or I have to make sure they're feeling okay. And as soon as I stepped out and he stepped out, Mm -hmm. it all worked out, you know? And, and that's what I had to realize because all like Josh, his son will tell me the other day, he's like, I have no problem talking to Graden. I talk to Graden all the time. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I think you talk to him too much like he's a baby. And I'm like, well, he is my baby. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I know. My but boy. he's like, he's 18 now. You need to talk to him like he's an adult, you know? And I'm just like, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. My,
2: my little boy's 17 and I still say, hey, baby boy. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is when he was a baby, I talked to him like he was an adult. I <laughs> always talked to him. I pick him up from daycare, you know, he's three months old. And I'd say, how was your day today? And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh really? And just have these conversations. And now it's like, Oh, come love
3: your mama. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I'm like, even, let me love you. Yeah. What's even funnier is you know, my kids are older than, than him. So all the things that I would do as they were growing up and she would look at me or look at them and go, why are, why are you doing that for them? They're old enough to do that themselves. And then, when her kid gets to that age, wait a minute, they're, they're doing the same thing. And all of a sudden, it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Yeah. you know. No, no, no. Let's move on. You no.
2: Know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember his kids
2: were like 14. And he was making their breakfast or mama was making their breakfast. And I'm thinking, for the love of Pete, they are 14 years old. They can make their own breakfast. Well, here comes sweet little baby boy, when he turns 14, hey, darling, what you want mama to fix you for breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I, well, I thought it was Laura Petherbridge that said this, but I think it's Andy Hetzler, Heather Hetzler's husband that said, we view our kids from the eyes of love, but our stepkids through the eyes of responsibility.
0: Mm-hmm. So through the good. lens
2: of love and lens of responsibility. And it's true. Mm-hmm. If I see a bowl left on the table and it's Jackson's, it does not aggravate me. Mm-hmm. If it's his, <laughs> his <face. laughs> it drives me crazy. Yeah. yeah. If it's the stepkids, that bowl represented to me ungrateful, unappreciative, lazy stepkids that were going to live here till they were 90 because they cannot even put a bowl in the sink. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And with mm. my baby, it's, oh, he must have been in a hurry. Yeah. And my son
3: true? today, my son today, still doesn't rinse his bowl out, uh, and it doesn't bug me. Right. And I am, I am bad about like it needs to be rinsed out. And mm-hmm. her kids are excellent at it because I made them and let them know how important it was that these things get rinsed. But when Josh does it, doesn't do it. I'm just like, mm, it's okay, I'll rinse it out. And it's true. It's just, it's sadly true. It is. It's hurting him, really.
1: To be honest with you, it's hurting but him. His son yeah. can do.
3: Well, no, see, <laughs> his, I, his son can do no
2: wrong. Right.
1: <laughs> really? See, I, I, I think it's something that that is put inside of you so that you don't eat your young.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's true.
1: It's and i I've thought
2: about this before. When Avery came back after he came back from Japan or whatever, wasn't Japan the last place? Yes, Japan was mm. the last place. And I remember walking in the door and seeing his shoes on the floor and I'm thinking, why does this bother me so much? Mm-hmm. And again, and David said, maybe it's because of the past. Maybe it's like PTSD, you know, and I thought about it and I really, really thought about it. And I said, no, it's because again, I just don't look at those shoes the same.
0: Yeah. You know? If That's
2: they're Jacksons, true. they don't bother me. If they're anybody else's, I'm like, my gosh, pick up your shoes.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so amazing, though, like from just hearing you say this, it's like you can hear the health in your marriage because you're able to have conversations like this. Yeah. And David doesn't go. I can't believe you still feel that way. Right. You know, it's so easy to like step on your partner's toes when that it's because it's like instant defense wants to come up. Like, yes, why do you want to treat? Why do you look at my kids this way where you guys are healthy enough to yeah. where it's like, you know, that's not what's going on. Mm-hmm. You accept it for how it is. You know, it's not like you have malicious, you know, you know, vengeance in your heart over these shoes and the right. kid, you know, right. it's none of that. It's just like, it's You're an being understanding. Yes. It's, mm. an, it's an understanding. And I think there's just so much power in that. And we can't really truly heal and become a
0: solid rock solid marriage if we can't be honest with our feelings right. and not all of our feelings are good. I mean, the Bible says, I know which I ought to do, but yeah, I do not do it, you mm-hmm. know, type of thing. And that's the same thing. Like we will think things and then we'll feel bad and then we'll try to hide them as humans. And that's what, that's why it says, you know, when I am weak, then I am strong. Because if I'm able and I have a healthy, safe relationship and I can be honest with some of the dirty, stupid thoughts that I don't know why come in my head, we can at least talk them out. He can give me his perspective on it, which helps change my feelings about it in that moment and then i feel
3: better about and it and i'm not getting offended every time right. you say something yeah, yeah. i just notice that like yeah, there's nice. just a lot of power in it. i love it it's yeah. fun yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: you yeah. can be honest honesty yes. is fun
2: yes and it's good because you feel like that you can express these things yeah without being judged yeah yeah that's exactly It's like it. when
3: someone says oh, you're saying that's your stepkid? You shouldn't say that. I'd be like, wait a minute. Stepkid is not a dirty word in our house. In our house. Hey, some houses Mm -hmm. it's bonus kids. It's all these great, fantastic. But for our house, our kids don't care. Like it was never like this, you're different and you're not loved as much. And it just was never treated that way. It's reality. And it's yeah. reality. And we, we've we never shied away from having conversations. Like, yeah. we're going to have those because we're not constantly worried about being butt hurt about everything, single thing that mm-hmm. happened. Look, I know she doesn't love my kids the same way that I do. I understand that. And she knows the same. And it's like, we accept that for how it is. It doesn't mean that I don't love her kids. And it doesn't mean that right. she doesn't love mine. It's just like, we're able to have healthy conversations about this stuff instead of constantly being offended or hurt, and which is preventing us from having these forward-moving conversation. Well,
0: in our kids, I think it's important for the kids to know, like no one was trying to replace their other bio parent. I right. know not every blended family, sometimes, unfortunately, the other bio parent has passed away, you know, or maybe they moved to a different state, things like that. But both of our, all of our kids, the bio parent lived within a radius, you know, mm-hmm. of that they went and visited and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it was important for them to know, like, I'm not trying to replace your mom. And he's not trying to replace your dad. He's your stepdad. And it wasn't, ne- we had a person on our podcast recently, we said stepkid or whatever. And he's like, I never use that term. It's a negative connotation. We always say this. We always- And I didn't argue with him about it because maybe he had you know, a, a bad experience yeah. with it or whatever. But for us, we've always talked about it. To us, it was. it's never been portrayed as a negative thing. And it doesn't need to. It doesn't right. need mm-hmm. to be portrayed. It's it's step kid, step I mean, that's just what, it's it, what is. it is. Step mom, exactly. Exactly. It is what it, it is.
2: I actually looked up blended families a long time ago, and blended families were actually families of different races. Oh, and step families were step families. Yeah, but people started getting butt hurt over step families. Yeah. yeah, and so now they became blended families. Yeah. And then you instead of a stepmom, you got bonus mom. Instead of step kid, you got bonus kid. And yeah. I had a lady on our podcast and she said, bonus mom, that sounds like a booby prize.
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs> and she
2: said, How many of these bonus moms call themselves that? But these kids are not looking at them as a bonus of anything. Yeah. I yeah. said,
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And we, we I even really...
2: said that we have to get rid of the step mom, not because of step, but the mom part. Yeah. Because it puts too much pressure on that person to carry on a parental role. Mm. Yeah. So like step Linda,
3: maybe? Or... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> step carry? Yeah. Right. yeah. Step away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's not my name. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. We came up with Target and what, guinea pig, I think.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. That's but funny. it
2: does. It just puts that, you know, taste that you've got to be the mom. You've got to. Yeah. And again, you look back in the 1940s or whatever, when step families were created, it was usually because somebody did die. Yeah. yeah and that's true. also when people
1: beat their kids. If yep.
2: they disrespected the step parents. Well,
1: they let anybody beat the kids. Yeah. The 80s. I mean, that's why they said it took a village because everybody <laughs> in the neighborhood would whoop your tail if you did yeah. <laughs> that. I mean I was go. still in
0: elementary school and principals would be spanking you. Like you go to the office, you get a spanking.
2: <laughs>
1: oh yeah. It's like
0: it was understood
2: yeah. growing up. Anybody in the neighborhood could pop your tail.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. That's so crazy to yeah. me. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Like I was a senior when I got a paddling.
2: <laughs> like, we're not talking about from your girlfriend, David.
1: Oh. oh. No. <laughs> Oops, I jumped a line.
0: And I'm like, there's a line. You just a was just a No, I really like, we went to uh, Step Family Summit last year.
3: A couple of years ago, I think. Now. And it was
0: in Georgia. And I like, it was Ron Deal and he aired a recording that he did with a family like a live
3: session, live counseling do, session. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I I had never thought about this, but he, you know, was asking the kids, what do you feel comfortable being called? Do you like, and they would say, you know, my name or step kid or, you know, is there anything in particular? And then he'd also say, Okay, so if you're out. With your stepmom and your family and they, you run into someone that your stepmom knows, how would you like her to introduce you? Mm-hmm. Do you want her to introduce you as Aaron or do you want her to introduce you as this is my stepkid, Aaron, or this is my boat? Like, do you have a preference? And he would do that with each member of the family, including Mm -hmm. the stepmom. Like if you're out and the kids have friends over, how do you feel most comfortable? And then to the kids, how would you feel most comfortable introducing her? Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable saying stepmom? And I just like, I mean, it's very, very time consuming and I don't have a lot of patience. So I don't know if I could go through all of that. But I really thought it was interesting to think about. We never thought to ask our kids, how are you comfortable being introduced as my stepkid? Yeah. Are you comfortable calling me your stepmom? We never discussed that. Now, gratefully, it's all worked out. Yeah, her but... kids
3: call me Big Josh, which I am no longer the Big Josh. Okay, let's just be honest. My son is about five inches taller than me. But that's what they are. were comfortable with. <laughs> they all are, true. But that's what they were comfortable with. And so we're like, yeah, that's cool. So now, like, all of my kids' friends all call me Big Josh. Yep. It's like, it's kind of taken on its own role, you know, but... Yeah, whatever they're comfortable with, we don't care. Like it mm-hmm. works. We don't doesn't matter. Yeah.
2: Doesn't yeah. matter, man. E- exactly. I think too many times that negative connotation comes from inside ourselves, not from yeah anywhere else. So true. And insecurity or yeah, it's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. nacho kids. People get offended by that. Well, again, it's
1: reality. They are not your kids. Yep. Yeah. yeah I think if we're out somewhere, or if I'm out somewhere with Jackson and somebody goes, Oh, is this your son? I'm like, I don't have time to go into this. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yeah. yeah, Yep. We've done that too. We've done that too. And the kids, you know, it's been an understanding now because we've been together for so long. The kids will be on their games or something and you'll hear them like his son will say my parents about us. Right. Or my son will say my parents about them because they've realized as they've gotten older, sometimes you just don't have time to get into (laughs) all of it. Okay. There's not enough time. Like, no, it's my stepmom. Like, it's. No, no big deal. My half brought the third removed. No and no <laughs> one cares. <laughs>
2: like, no one cares. Yeah. Yeah, I had taken Avery to get a U-Haul when he was here. <laughs> and normally I do say, no, this is my stepson. You know, they say, yeah. oh, is this your son? And that day, <laughs> for whatever reason, this lady, I could tell she was kind of talkative. And I am too. I can be very yappy. But I just wasn't that day. It was hot. Yeah. You know. So anyway, she says something about... Your son, and I was like, Yeah, I didn't correct her. I just, I, I'm thinking I'm going with it. I don't, I'm tired of blending family today. I don't want to yeah. blend family today. <laughs> Next thing you know, she keeps telling Avery, Oh, your mom's so great, and yeah. you've got such a great mom. And every time Avery was going, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just laughing, and we left, and he said, I said, Avery, you didn't correct her. He's like, well, you didn't either. He said, but that was kind of awkward. <laughs>
3: yeah. He, he said, the track track your ledge, you're like, we can't go back. <laughs> yeah. Your
2: mom. I mean, she might as well have been out there waving branches at me going, your mom's the best. Your mom's <laughs> yeah. best. And he's going, oh, my gosh. And so I felt like I had lied. And so I told David, I said, I need to call that lady and tell her that she, he's not my kid. Man,
1: she talked about <laughs> it for a week. Like, I feel so bad. I
2: did. <laughs> I did. Now, when we were in Jamaica, I remember... Not Jamaica, Bahamas. I was say that different yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> when we were in the Bahamas, okay. some lady was like, Oh, you and all your kids. And we all just went and just kind of kept walking. Like none yeah. of us were going to go through the whole. Why, why do we feel like we have to explain this to people?
0: Yeah. And normally
2: you know what? what I'll say is I have one or we have five between us yeah. or something like that. But I don't know why we feel like we need to explain to everybody. Uh, this whose kid is whose and whatnot. And I remember Jackson as a baby. My son is very fair skinned, blonde hair, blue eyes. He does not look like me at all. And I had him in the grocery store and he was still in a carrier. I mean, that's how little he was. And this man looked at me. He said, man, his daddy sure must have some blonde hair. And I looked at him, I said, I don't know who his daddy is. <laughs> and that man, his face was like dropping. And it was just, he, you could tell he was like, oh,
0: but I'm thinking I could have adopted him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Why are you asking me that? Why
0: are you yeah. so? And I had that happen with the lady at work, her son. Got in a car accident. He did end up passing away. He got in a tragic car accident, and uh, I had heard about it. I was new to the company, and I had heard about it. And she'd come into the office, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, to hear about your son." And she's like, "Thank you." And then before she left, she came back into my office. She's like, "I do need to tell you that it. it he is my stepson. You know." And I'm just like,
3: "Like he don't... was expendable."
0: Yeah, know? I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, you don't need to we're tell We're not that
3: hurt over. I'm like,
0: like you don't need yeah, to tell You don't need to feel... And I even talked to him about it when I got home. I'm like, it's just really sad that we feel like when we're in blended families, like something tragic like that happens and we have to explain to people, well, it's not my bio child. It's my stepchild.
3: And I'm like, that's the stigma,
0: you know, that... Mm-hmm.
3: I think that's part of it. But I think a lot of it is it causes a lot of pain within our own home. Like yeah. we can't be calling people different stuff within our home. Like yeah. that's a, that's a big, that's a big problem. So it's like, we've, we've earned the stripes and through pain and like, okay, when we're out, man, it's like, no, i want to explain to everybody. Like, let's make sure everybody knows that it's straight. Mm-hmm. It's, I, at least that's how I feel, you know? Like, cause I've gotten people say, when I said before, like, oh no, this is my stepson. You're like, you mean your son? I'm like, okay. All right. Whatever. Like. You know, it's trying to slap me in the face for saying, yeah, it. yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. Whatever. Yeah. You know, but I, I still feel the need. Like no, I'm when people to say it. stuff
0: like that to me, I'm ready to argue that. Girl. Like, oh, thank, thank God you calm oh,
2: down okay, or you, do you would have punched him in the face before.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and let me guess, you're big boned. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Be like, no, no dude, you I hate,
0: hate it when people say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, oh, right. my God. Yeah. yeah, And people do feel, people do, though, when I've turned and looked at them and been like, it doesn't mean anything bad in our house. Yeah. It's no. not a negative thing in our house. So maybe it's a negative thing in your house, but it's not a negative thing in our house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, yeah. it
1: just, it's, it's just, a, people- it's just a label, you know, right. yeah. and it's, you know, that's one thing that can drive me crazy about certain people is they, they identify v- mm-hmm. by labels versus, you know, who you are as a person, who are right. you who yeah. on the inside or whatever. Do you, do, because you're a stepson doesn't mean that's who you are. Or that you're less than yeah. or anything else. Right.
0: I mean, what are you going to say? This is not my bio dad.
1: <laughs> right. right. right.
0: Okay. He's the parental
1: figure in the home. Yes. Yeah. Well, I call Lori my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lie. Exactly. <laughs> <No>. exactly.
0: Well,
2: <laughs> you, you know, we could look at it and say, Jackson could say, this is my mom's husband.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Ouch! You muted. What'd you do? I thought you were going to clear your throat. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you muted while I was talking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if only I could do that in real life. <laughs> you bet you didn't mute that.
0: <laughs> you should see. You should see people's faces though. When Jordan and I have been out, so she went through a season to where. Well, when we first got together, she was fourteen. She didn't ap- appreciate me at all. And then the older she got, she started calling me mom sometimes and she'd call me Christy sometimes. And so we'd go out and get pedicures or get her hair done or something like that. And during one of the phases, she's saying mom and we're getting our pedicures done. She's like, mom. And she's like talking to me and I'd answer. And then she'd start talking to the pedicure lady about how... Her mom, you know, has had CPS called on her so many times and blah, blah, blah. You can see the lady like kind of like look over at me. And then I'm like, I'm not really her mom. I'm her stepmom. And then there people are like, oh, oh, or she'll be saying, Christy, you and dad, blah, blah, blah. And then the lady's like, okay, I got this figured out. And then all of a sudden she'd be like, oh, Christy my daddy, Andy, blah, 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 blah. And the lady would kind of look at me and I'm like, my husband's actually not her bio dad either. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> get it real <laughs> lost here. Yeah. yeah. So it wrong. was, it, that was like all sorts of confusing when, yeah. when her and I would go out sometimes because yeah. she'd want to tell them her whole life story while she's getting her pedicures done. And they'd start out thinking, and then it's like plot twist, plot twist, <laughs> uh-huh. plot twist. She know. needs a
2: flow chart.
1: Yeah. Well, right. She yes. Yeah.
3: She She does. <laughs> just, <laughs> Just, yeah. we're, oh my we're starting here. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Exactly. I think what yeah. I'm going
1: to start doing is, is um, when they ask me, I'm going to be like, no, I'm not his dad. I don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> that one's way more fun.
2: That yeah. one is way more fun. I like that one. Well, Jackson actually looks more like David than me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I believe that. Light skin, skin, study his light, light skin. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And then one of David's kids had lighter hair. So they look more like brothers. And then the other three had dark hair. So anywhere we went, they thought that if anybody was anybody's kids, it was those two were his and the darker haired ones were mine. And yeah. Like, no, y'all got it all wrong.
1: Well, the funniest part was when we went to this local Mexican restaurant one time and they started speaking Spanish to her and she's like, I am not Mexican. I said, you've been out in the sun too long lately. <laughs>
3: yeah. That's so
1: funny. Like, I have no my idea what they're My hair is saying naturally
0: dark like yours. Mm-hmm. It's naturally dark. And when I used to have my hair dark and get tan, I walked up to one place one time and I said, hey, can I have, like, I was ordering a coffee or something and the person's face went like this. And I was like, what? And they're like, I was expecting you to have an accent when you started talking to me. <laughs> and and they're like, it threw me off. You didn't. I don't get that anymore, but. But with our kids, it's like that. Like his daughter has blonde hair and brown eyes and, and, every- skin. and everywhere we go, people would be like, oh my gosh, she looks so much like you. And he's not <laughs> even her real dad either. And then my youngest is blonde hair and blue eyed mm-hmm. too. And so he, cause he has green eyes, you know, looks more similar to him than he does me. My oldest looks like me though.
3: You're, yeah, there's no... No question. Anymore. No one questions that.
2: Well, my dad loves telling everybody that I have five kids. And <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, God, you look good for having five kids. And I'm thinking. Do so I look good for it. having one? Yeah.
1: She, well, She had a surrogate. <laughs> <That's
2: probably not. laughs> right. Yeah, you're your ex. There you go. <laughs> she just didn't know it at the That's time. That's
1: right. <laughs> yeah. And she you didn't eat. have to pay her. Yeah,
3: yeah there you go.
2: Yeah. He did.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, we just called her incubator yeah
3: yeah Yeah. oh my gosh oh man oh man
2: yep all right let me ask you a question (laughs) so we can wrap up here what is one piece of advice that you would give someone that is getting ready to get into a blend
1: get a big bathroom
3: (laughs) other than the big bathroom
0: (laughs) so i would say there's a lot of things that you need to talk about that you don't think you need to talk about, like what discipline means to you. Like, how do you discipline your kids? What's your bedtime that you put your kids? If you know, if both of you have kids, what's your relationship like with your ex? Mm -hmm. You know, those are things that they need to, because either way could be toxic depending on what type of relationship you're going into. Like if you're best friends with your ex still, and you guys co-parent like best friends and you do everything together. It warns you still together. Right. Your new person may not be super comfortable with that. Right. Or if it's super toxic and you guys are constantly in and out of court, it's important for, you know, you to know that going in. And a lot of those things you don't think a lot of blended families we've talked to including ourselves didn't think to talk about those things. You just think I parent my kids, he parents
3: his kids. I we mean, love each other. It'll we're
0: gonna fine. parent together, mm-hmm. and then you get with someone that you didn't have the kids with, and you're like, holy crap, we parent completely different. Mm-hmm. So that's things that. How do you feel about dates, and
3: how are we gonna argue? You know, yeah. One of the biggest things I I think is a, almost a regret that Christian and I have talked over the years is that we didn't individually take personal time with our own kids. After we got together. While we first got together. Yeah. And we really regret doing that. Yeah. We just c- got to this thing like, nope, we need to treat everybody equal and make this mm-hmm. family. a family. And we're just... We're gonna a make- family, by gosh. yeah. And, and we did that, right? We were going to mm-hmm. pressure cook the we're heck out of this uni- thing. And so, together. that's something that we really <laughs> should have done. We really... We really missed the mark on that one, you know, spending some special time and letting our kids know that they're still important and they still matter. And not that this is going to change, but, but they do matter and they're, they're an important part of it. And, you know, we really missed the mark on that
0: because I felt I came, my dad was married five times. Okay. And my mom is on her third marriage. And I felt like I came from a massive blended family, constantly changing, getting shipped from grandparents' house to moms to dads to whatever. So I felt like I knew what to do. And so when him and I got together, I would be like, we want to feel like we're one and we don't want the kids to get a wedge between them thinking it's my kids against your kids. Mm -hmm. So we need to do things together. Mm -hmm. But now that we're healthy and we've been together for a while... It's no, that would actually help your, my bio kids bridge the gap to accepting him. Mm -hmm. If I would have went out with them by myself, just with them more, and they could have asked me questions like after Mm we were living together, they could have said, I didn't like it when big Josh did this, or I didn't like it when this happened and they could have voiced it. They would have felt safe. I could have explained it to them and we didn't do that. And that would massively help families to blend if they made sure to continue yeah. to do that as well as do things together but set aside time to take their own kids out yeah. to allow a safe space for them to voice their yeah we didn't want jealousy and, and that concerns. was a big
3: part of it we didn't want jealousy you know yeah you're spending more time you know with your kids than you are with us or right. my kids yeah and, and I, I think that's just something we that, worried too much about it yeah we we brought that pressure on ourselves and we were just we were wrong on that so yeah no. i could give advice i'd give that good advice yeah. I like his advice better than what I said. So I'm jumping on that. <laughs> her, her advice is important. Well, <laughs> tell us where people can find you. So it's simple. You can just go to joshandchristie.com. That's Christy with a K and a Y. So joshandchristie.com. And you can go there. We have our podcast that we like to do. We have a blended event uh, that we do yearly. Actually, November 5th of this year, we have one coming up. And so if anybody is around our area, they're welcome to come as of right we're now. We're in Michigan. We're in Michigan. It's free. So if they want to come attend and... Uh, we have special speakers coming and it's just really, we care about community. So if you want to go to joshandchristy.com, you can learn all about everything we have going on. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, thank y'all again. And look, we're going to have to have you back on. I know
2: that. Yeah, for sure. But especially Christy, because I want to hear about your eight blends <laughs> with your mom and your dad. And
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a lot. It's so a Josh,
2: lot. real quick. Did your parents stay together?
3: So my birth father gave me up for adoption at the age of two. And the guy that I call dad today is I call him dad. So that's the one that married my mom. And so my older sister and I from a different dad than him. So we are a blended family as well. I grew up in a blended family. There, another episode, y'all. Come and see. (laughs) (laughs) All
2: right. Well, thanks again.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys.
2: Okay, David, so I really, really hope that we get to meet Josh and Christy in person one day soon. I'm sure we will. Yeah, I think they would be a hoot.
1: (laughs) Yep, I think so, too. I think it'd be one of those things where uh, you and Christy would be like, oh, my gosh, we can never get David and Josh together again. They're so annoying. Yeah, or they keep (laughs) crossing the
2: line with what they say.
1: (laughs) Well, that's just part of who I am. Yeah,
2: we know. But it was great having them as guests, and we plan on staying in touch with them.
1: hmm Yes, we do.
2: And who knows what the future holds.
1: Yep. And uh, we may circle back with them again, you know, a little bit later on down the road and catch up with them, see how things are going, bring them back on.
2: Yep. Oh, I do know something that is in the works. So the Stepmom Collective had their first event last weekend. And when I say last weekend, I mean last weekend when you're hearing this. And it went great. So they are planning another one. They have decided that it's probably going to be around April. And I think it's going to be in Texas. Uh Uh-huh. So right now they've kind of given up on the Florida thing with the hurricane stuff that happened. So looking for next spring. In Texas, possibly. But I will keep you posted because Lori likes to go to Texas. Do you?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Do you talk that way when you go to Texas? Yeah. Oh, Lord. I do. All righty then.
2: Remember when we went to Texas the last time and that waitress was like, where are you from? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because of the way I said ranch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> she was from um, Mississippi.
1: Yeah, that's pretty bad. And I
2: had a strong accent, is what she said.
1: <laughs> yeah. That you do.
2: I think it was Mississippi. Anyway. All right, folks. That's it. We done. We told y'all enough about everything in the beginning. Yep. All
1: right. Well, we'll see you next week. And remember, life is good. When you Nacho